You're listening to the Irish Times Worldview Podcast. Welcome to Worldview, the Irish Times podcast, bringing you perspectives on world affairs from our network of correspondents around the globe. I'm Chris Dooley, standing in for Paddy Smith. This morning, Europe woke to the news that the United States, on the orders of President Donald Trump, had carried out a missile strike on an airbase in Syria, the first major military action of the Trump presidency, and the first US strike against the regime of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad. The attack on the Sherat airbase, involving the launch of 59 Tomahawk missiles fired from two US Navy ships in the Mediterranean, was carried out in response to a poison gas attack in Idlib province earlier this week, which the US and its allies have blamed on the Syrian regime. Both Assad and Russia, his chief ally on the battlefield in Syria's six-year-old civil war, have denied regime responsibility for the chemical attack, which killed at least 70 people. I'm joined from Washington by our correspondent, Suzanne Lynch, Suzanne, you write today on the Irish Times website that this military action by the US constitutes a stunning shift in policy by Donald Trump. How so? Well, I think in the last 48 hours, we've seen a dramatic shift in the US policy on Syria. Just last week, the Washington, the administration here in Washington was playing down the um, the possibility that uh, the pre- President Assad needed to go from Syria. This has been the the uh, established point of view of Washington for the last five years. They seem to be moving away from that last week. Um, and back in 2013, President Trump um, came out very strongly against uh, intervention in Syria when the red line controversy was raging over uh, President Obama's uh, decision not to intervene at that point. So in that sense, this this really has come out of the blue, as it were. Um, this week, focus had all been on uh, this meeting with the pr- Chinese pre- Premier Xi Jinping and concerns about the North Korean nuclear threat. This was very much at the forefront of, of US concerns, not the Syrian threat. But as President Trump said himself on Wednesday, the picture and footage that emerged from Syria on Tuesday showing uh, civilians and children dying from chemical attacks. This has changed Mr. Trump's uh, perception. He said this himself. He talked about his flexibility, how he is a person who can change his mind. Evidently, uh, this very emotional response uh, to these events uh, in Syria on Tuesday was the reason, it seems, uh, that Mr. Trump decided to uh, launch these attacks on Thursday night on Syria. And is there any indication yet, Suzanne, as to whether whether this is likely to be a a one-off action? Is it a shot across the bows, as it were, for for Assad and for the Russians? Or does it have the appearance of the, the beginning of a sustained US military engagement in Syria? Well, in the hours before the attack yesterday on Thursday in in America, there were all the signs that this was a kind of a coordinated attack. There were signals coming out from the Pentagon that something maybe was afoot. And then just after nine o'clock, it was confirmed. Um, In saying that, uh, particularly the Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, has been keen to stress that this is an isolated incident. That is a kind of a retaliatory um, strike back at Assad for the use of chemical re- weapons. Um, and it should not really be seen as a, a broader shift in US policy. But frankly, I mean, that appears um, uh, potentially very naive. Obviously, uh, you know, the first attack of this kind does change things. It does matter when the US, uh, the biggest military power in the world, gets involved in, in this way in the conflict in Syria. And of course, there are so many complexities to the situation now, much more so than there was in 2013, namely the involvement of Russia. So um, this is not going to be taken lightly by either Russia and Iran. We've seen some strong words from Iran as well, who's, who's also in the side of Assad and Syria. So um, while the US is trying to stress this is an isolated incident, 
it's all about a reaction at this point and how Russia in particular is going to respond uh, to the Thursday night attacks. And I mean, we've already seen a very, as you just said, a very negative response by Russia. Um, Vladimir Putin called it a, an act of aggression against a sovereign state. And Russia is also looking for an emergency meeting of the UN Security Council. Um, and of course, one of the really interesting aspects of the Trump presidency has been his apparent fascination almost with Vladimir Putin in the run-up to his election and he's, he's constantly uh, praised Putin as a strong leader. So is it possible to say yet what impact this action might have on that US-Russian relationship and, and particularly on Trump and Putin's relationship? Yes, I think significantly uh, the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson in one of his rare press conferences on Thursday just before the attacks, he specifically singled out Russia and its support, its continued support for the Assad regime. And he suggested for the first time uh, since Trump's inauguration that Assad uh, essentially needed to, go, needed to go. We also saw similar criticism about Russia by the uh, US ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, on Wednesday um, when she staunchly criticised Russia actions in Syria. But significantly, we have not had any comments from President Trump on Russia yet. And neither on Wednesday, when he had the press conference that really signaled this change in direction on Syria, and in his address to the nation on Thursday night, he did not mention Russia. Uh, so that that's a quite interesting to watch. Will we see further um, sentiments from President Trump on this? Um, there, we do know that there were contacts between Washington uh, and the Russian operatives on the ground ahead of the strikes on Thursday night. Whether there was more um, detailed, more deep uh, contacts between Washington and Moscow through diplomatic channels remains unclear at this moment. It seems that actually it was the ground forces in uh, in Syria that were maybe present at this particular base that were warned by the US that these strikes were coming. Now, I mean, conspiracy theorists may think that this is a way of... Um, Donald Trump proving his credentials, as it were, on Russia. Obviously, he has been under severe pressure to clarify his relationship with Moscow since the beginning of his presidency. There is now an FBI investigation into links between his own administration, his campaign team and the, and the Kremlin. And there are two FBI investigations um, or two, uh, excuse me, congressional investigations into the matter. And just in the same day, yeah, on Thursday, um, the Republican chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, uh, was forced to recuse himself from that investigation amid growing controversy over his links with Trump and the fact that he visited the White House um, about this Russian issue um, undercover in darkness, as it were, last week. So I think the timing of that is significant. Um, there is another possibility that perhaps um, the changes at the National Security Council recently, which saw McMaster coming in, Mike Flynn leaving, and also Stephen Bannon being pushed out of his role in the National Security Council, perhaps that's playing a role uh, in terms of US policy on Russia. But um, there are still a lot of questions here about what exactly is going on between uh, the Trump administration and Moscow on this. And then while we had a very negative reaction from Russia, as we said, um, the, the response from the US's traditional allies in the West, um, Britain, Germany, France, Australia, Israel, uh, this morning has all has been very positive all around. Um, and most offering outright support for the action, some offering tacit support. But how has the action gone down in the United States, um, Suzanne, among the political establishment there, both on the Republican side and, and Democrat side? Mm. 
I think generally and very generally speaking, there seems to be broad based uh, support for uh, Mr. Trump's action. On the Republican side, it's been quite interesting. Um, we've seen a lot of senior Republicans like Senator Marco Rubio, a former critic of Trump, and people like John McCain and Lindsey Graham coming out and really praising uh, Donald Trump uh, last night and, and really actually calling for more action um, from the US and Syria. So in a way, he is now playing to that traditional Republican base who were uh, skeptical of Donald Trump and did, never really agreed with his kind of more isolationist position on foreign policy and now are thrilled that the US is kind of taking control here. And um, Marco Rubio has been uh, doing a series of, of, of media interviews this morning saying that it's about time, you know, Russia was afraid of America and not the other way around and that America can no longer leave from behind. On the Democrat side, there has been um, some criticism, but so a guarded welcome uh, for the strikes. I think what the the conversation on the Democratic side will be whether uh, Donald Trump wants to, um, you know, engage in even more action. If that is the case, well, then I think we will see a lot of Democrats rising up, as it were, and in particular insisting that he goes to Congress for approval. This is becoming a huge talking point uh, in America today. Um, whether he needs to go to Congress for approval. That constitutional question is being thrashed out. Um, obviously, President Obama never went to, never put this to a vote to Congress because he sounded out Congress in 2013 about intervening in Syria and knew he was not going to get support there. Um, so those similar questions are, are being raised uh, today. Interestingly, it's, it's a timing issue, but the Congress is due to break for the Easter recess uh, for the next couple of weeks. So we have seen some calls from certain Democrats in particular that Congress should be recalled. Um, but at the moment, people like Paul Ryan and, as I say, senior Republicans are very much backing Donald Trump. But whether they um, continue to do that, if, if a further stage of military invent, intervention um, is considered, well, then we are probably going to see some kind of a congressional debate on that. Right. And of course, um, the downside of, of him, uh, if you like, securing the support of um, the Republican establishment is that probably for every supporter he picks up there, he probably probably loses two among the um, the more kind of uh, tradition or core support he enjoyed among among people on the on the further right, if you like. And mm -hmm. there's been some very negative reaction on social media this morning from people like Anne Coulter, the, the conservative social commentator, who said the media would be thrilled that, that Trump is destroying his presidency. And they're saying, you know, he's this this action contravenes his America first uh, policy that he promised during his campaign. Do you think, um, would that be a concern for him or, or um, is it more important for him, I suppose, to be able to, to have a, a good working relationship with, with people in Congress than it is to retain his, his um, support on, on the far right? Yeah, I think your point there is exactly right. I think that actually getting the support of um, previously sceptical Republicans is is much more important than keeping this far right wing at bay. I mean, in one way, the Trump administration might be quite glad that it is maybe getting the opportunity to shake off some of the more suspect elements of the support base. People like Richard Spencer, the very extreme far right figure who has come out and criticised um, the move by Trump. Um, in saying that, you're right. I mean, Trump is is, in a sense, completely reneging from some of his campaign promises. His whole policy of America First uh, was based on the premise that America would only get involved in foreign conflicts um, if um, if it was in strategic of American uh, of the American nation to do so. Um, and a lot of his supporters, of course, we must remember, will have a lot of uh, people in the military as well as a whole other aspect. So people are concerned now about you know the safety of U.S. troops if there is a breakdown in the agreement between Russia and uh, America. 
into the agreement kind of governing air airspace over Syria, you know, is, is that going to put American troops in danger? So that's another dynamic that's going to come into play now. But at the moment, I think um, it had probably gone to, it's probably succeeding in enhancing uh, Trump standing uh, across the board temporarily. Um, but as I say, it will probably be, you know, to really gauge this will be to see how this plays out in the next coming days and whether the situation escalates even more. OK. And just finally, Suzanne, to, to wrap it up, you, you've already outlined, I suppose, the extent to which this uh, action this week or, or overnight um, contradicts earlier positions taken by Trump, both back in 2013 and even last week um, on Syria. So we've known he's not Mr. Consistent up to now, but there's this kind of um, sudden change and uh, the introduction of military action at a um, um, quite, I know you said it was signalled over the past couple of days, but really, you know, unexpected up to then. Does it hint at a volatility that we should be worried about with this president in the White House? Or does it perhaps uh, signal um, a certain kind of maturity that we didn't know was there? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting point. I mean, this it really needs to be stressed that this really did did come out of left field, and um, the image we saw of Mr. Trump on Wednesday as this kind of very concerned, you know, regular grandfather figure, if you like, who was talking about the impact the pictures had on him from Syria. And in one sense, this could be seen as admirable. Um, you know, his advisors have been keen to always say that this is a president with a big heart, as they put it. But from the other perspective, obviously, it is a concern. You know, the U.S. president arguably should not be making major strategic military decisions on the back of a an emotional, if you like, response uh, to something. Um, or if he does so, uh, I think what people are asking here is that he has some kind of a political long-term strategy to back that up. So the concern would be that this was an impulsive, um, kind of erratic decision that was taken very personally by the president and that perhaps he does not have he has not thought through the, the, the consequences, as it were. In saying that, this is an issue that the security community, National Security Council, will have been very well versed on, will have been very prepared on. The U.S. you know, the U.S. ships had been stationed there in the eastern Mediterranean and had, be, had been prepared essentially for something like this. Um, but the big question is, you know, what is the motivation behind this for Trump? Um, is it just an erratic flash in the pan or is this part of a broader uh, long term strategy? Because I think, as everybody knows, um, going in is one thing, but the, the difficulty would be trying to take the next steps forward and trying to resolve an issue that's befuddled in almost every country that has tried to get involved in the Syrian crisis. OK, well, no doubt, Suzanne, you'll be monitoring those next steps and continuing to provide uh, um, great analysis on the Irish Times, um, both here in the podcast and, and, and on irishtimes.com. Thank you for that analysis. That's it from this episode of Worldview. Thanks again to Suzanne Lynch and also to producer Declan Conlon. You can listen to the Worldview podcast and other Irish Times podcasts on irishtimes.com.